I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Ooh. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. How low is this point right now, Isaac Harris? How low can you go? No, uh, somebody tweeted at me and said, um, how how much more heated could you be? And like, even Nick, even Nick tweeted and said something like, uh, Isaac's heated, whatever. I like it's i'm like past that point you know like i'm not even you could probably even tell in the like sound of a voice i'm not like just overly pissed it's turned into just sadness like it's just like and like i tweeted back at the guy and i said yeah and he says they're level past heated and i was like yes dot 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 sad <laughs> and that that's what like i haven't the raccoon been... squad does not want sad isaac here's like i haven't been like literally disgusted like i always talk to my dad after every home game as i drive home and talk to him about the game like what happened blah 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 posing team players i've seen for the first time all this stuff and i was like dad like literally he goes how was the game and i'm like what a loaded question (laughs) um and i'm like well i think i honestly think this was the most embarrassing loss uh, since I've been covering the team, and this is my fourth year covering the team, third year credential. And I said, Dad, I'm just being honest. If you were visiting and I brought you to this game, I would be embarrassed that I brought you to this game. I would be disgusted. <laughs> it we could have done so many other things in DFW. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not lying. Like, it, I, I have never felt that type of feeling watching a Mavs game where I was just, just disgusted. Like, this is so embarrassing. Like, that fourth quarter and Alonjo Trier just flat out embarrassing him. It looks like he got the hundred K from Arizona instead of Aiton. Like, like he was, he was off the charts. I mean, just leaving Dennis and Luca, just like ISOing him out and just saying like, and like, you, what do you want Fizdale to do? The dude's playing a two way player and just saying, hey, just ISO it, guys. <laughs> and he's, I'm mean, like, he's not even. Unbelievable. There's so many talking points. We know we threw it out there the idea of saying, hey, weekend games, Friday and Saturday games. If if it's a win, <laughs> then we're gonna do a pod. Yeah. So because everybody's super hyped. If it's a loss, we're just gonna wait and record and talk about it on Sunday night Instead, for Monday morning pod. We did two podcasts. <laughs> it's it's such a no, well I yeah, because Nick and I were texting, we're like at first we we're both like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna do a pod and I'm like and we're like talking, we're like, I don't know, like this is such a big game. It sounds so stupid, and you're like, Are we overselling or selling this the importance of this game that it's like we're ten games in the season or whatever it is. This what was this game nine? Yes. Yeah, game game nine. And you know, everybody's freaking out and stuff. We like I'm not backing down for we we both said this is a must win. Tonight yes, was a still. must win. Mm-hmm. And they did not win. Not only did they not win, it was just flat out embarrassing loss. And from all just Yeah, but we'll talk I want to talk some about before game, after game and all this stuff. 
Yeah, just embarrassing. So on this podcast, if you haven't noticed, we're going to just break down the uh, the Mavericks' loss to the Knicks, and then we might hear from a couple of voicemails at the end. It depends. Uh, if you didn't listen to the other podcast with uh, with Kirk Henderson, Kirk Serious Face, and me getting to your voicemails, you can go listen to that one as well. I'm not sure what order you will receive them, so go listen to that one as well. All right, Isaac. So you were there before the game. What's the what's the feel? So we we knew we're you know in it every day, watching all the games, watching the games multiple times. You know, we are following everything. We knew that this was a must-win game. Did it feel like a must-win game in the arena before the Yeah, game? I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the... I got to the arena fairly early tonight because, uh, you know, Rick talks to the media before every single game. Uh, full disclosure, I don't go to that a lot just because Rick talks to the media so much and uh, just kind of like my writing role right now is not like game preview... The only good thing that ever came out of the the Rick Carlisle before the game thing was his quote about LeVar Ball last year. Oh, I do remember that. That was the one time I was able to go because I wasn't able to go most of the time for work last year. But the one time I was able to go was that. And I got that. We got that story. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, that was the only time. Because it happens like two almost almost two hours before tip off, yes. so it's like it's kind of like this like you get there early and then he addresses the media and like you can go into the locker room pregame, but not many players want to talk before the game, and which I get, I wouldn't either if I was a player. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, so I, I'm working on a story right now, so I wanted I wanted to get something from Rick, so I go to the pregame press conference, and um, it was super long. Like, I mean, it was over 10 minutes. And I know that doesn't sound long, but yeah, 10 long minutes time. on a recording, that's a long time for pregame. Uh, because he's normally like in, a, in a, like a jumpsuit and like he's not even really sitting mic'd in up. A chair. He's not it's at almost the like we're sitting, yeah, it's almost like we're sitting around a campfire uh, for pregame. And, but New York media came in too. And, um, it's, it's was pretty Mike much Breen the only, <laughs> no, I love Mike Breen was in there last year. I love when Mike Breen's in there. It was almost, uh, it's it's pretty much the only time you can talk to both coaches is before the game because both coaches talk at the same time after the game, yeah. so you kind of got to pick. But uh, they alternate before the game, and so New York media was in there, all their beat writers, and like they all took turns asking questions. We all asked questions and stuff, and uh, there was just a few things from this, that, and it's normally a lighter uh, mood because it's before two hours before the game. You know, Rick's just chill, and uh, so. But anyway, he got. <laughs> Uh, the funniest question was Eddie Sefko asking Rick uh, about the jersey swap with LeBron in uh, Luca and saying, <laughs> "Hey, you know, pretty much, what do you think about that?" And Rick was just straight up like, um, "Well, I don't see what's bad about it." And like, he he didn't know, like Eddie was kind of. I think Eddie was portraying like he just thought it was kind of a negative thing, which. Like I said on that, we talked about it on the pod. You can take that two different. I could see both sides of that. How you could feel about it, um, just how excited he was, and that he personally went. Like he didn't send somebody to go get it. Like he exactly. ran over and went to get it, and all this stuff. Because and asked during ha- the game, you know, this happens all the time with players. Yeah. And players, uh, there's just a way to do it. And do you think it's that- kind of like the hot dog thing? Uh, kind of. I just think Luca was just so excited to see yeah, LeBron. Yeah. And play against was LeBron. so excited to eat the hot dog. And Luca might not like know the process yet, that because this this is happens a lot, and yeah. but PR like, departments take care of it, and they just make it happen. And the players obviously it happens a ton, and we hardly ever see it. So I can't tell you how many players have Dirk's jersey from last year. I literally almost every single game Dirk's jersey went to somebody, and. But yet, like no one really is he knows giving about. away his suit jacket when he's not playing now? Do, do players <laughs> like jacket. ask for his suit jacket? 
Um, but anyway, so Carlock answers that funny and stuff, but he, he answers a couple different, a uh, couple other questions. One, he kind of, he showed a frustration that we've shared on the pod of saying, uh, he answered a question about the bench unit and he was like, it's almost like they alternate and I'm paraphrasing, but it's almost like the alternate. We have one good game for the bench and the, you know, the starters are not playing a good. Yes. And then it's like the oh. start. And we kind of kid about that as fans and Twitter and all this stuff. And on the pod, he's saying the uh, same but, thing, <laughs> but he's like acknowledging that they can never get them on the same like page in one, in one game. Uh, but then uh, there was a lady, I think it was a New York uh, beat writer, or I don't, I forgot who she was, but she asked just directly about Dennis fitting in alongside Luca mm. and playing off the ball and stuff. And he kind of deflected Dennis. Uh, he kind of deflected it of saying and re- and kind of just answered as a team. But he said, "Well, the way our offensive system works is uh, we have four ball handlers uh, on the court at all times." And I'm like, "No, no, bro." Uh, when Wes is not not a ball Yikes. handler, and uh, that all four guys can get into the paint, dribble, and it's just you have at least four guy- of those guys on the floor at all times, and um, that was interesting to me that they view West that way, but that was before the game. And yeah, I mean, this was a must-win game. Like, did five? Well, it was five in a row, right? We had lost before this and going into this yep. game. Yeah, they were and two I mean, and one to start the season, and now they are two and seven. And here's the thing: the Knicks are and the Knicks are two and so six. This is six in a row. Yeah, this is six in a row now. The Knicks were two and six. Not only were they two and six, but they started Dotson. Like what's his first name? Dwayne. Had you heard of Damian Dodson? No. Oh, well, I mean, I like knew the name, but I've never seen him before in my life. By I, the way, I couldn't it's tell Damian, you. but it's spelled the Y. Wow. <laughs> I saw so his they, name in the starting lineup graphic when they were playing the Pacers the other day, and I was like, I did not know who that guy is. They started, <laughs> which is bad. That dude. They started Mitchell Robinson over Cantor. They start like Hazonia comes off the bench too. He played like nine <laughs> minutes tonight. Um, and like the dude lit it up, like Hazonian played, I mean, had double digit scoring, I know. And so it's like, you sent Nick, sent me and, this and tweet. Noah uh, Vonley. How many teams has Noah Vonley flamed out from? Yeah. Like four. And I'm like, in, in, of, of course you have, you know, Hardaway and stuff, but like this Knicks team, they're obviously tanking. They're shooting for next season. Porzingis is obviously out. Courtney Lee is out. Kevin Knox is out. I watched Kevin Knox warm up before the game, and he's out with a sprained ankle. Like that was that's their like prize rookie and stuff. They're rolling out dudes that like a lot of NBA people don't even know who they are. And Alonzo Trier, I'm pretty sure he's on a two way deal, right? Yes. Yeah, I just looked it up. Alonzo Trier is on a two way deal, and they made him look like he was an all star tonight. And that dude, not only did he show like like the skill, but he had the passion, and that like. This team, anyway, so the game starts, and it just—they're just not on the same page. There's just no other way to like say it. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will start getting into the uh, the actual game. All right, Isaac. So the game starts, and man, uh, <laughs> from the from the beginning, it almost felt like this team just didn't have it. <laughs> you know. Um, Gosh. Yeah. The, 30, the 38 front first quarter points, I think, from the Knicks. 33. 33. Uh, you allow over 30 points to the New York Knicks the without Knicks, the players I just listed. And they go up 10 early. 
I mean, it, it's just another slow start. Like, what what do we do about these slow starts? They they have to do something. They have to make some kind of change. It's either a passion play kind of change, like an energy has to happen, or they have to make a change in the starting lineup. All right, I'm about to break. I'm about to break some news to some of you guys. All right, it's not like news news. It's like funny news. Why you don't tell them it's funny? Then then you give it away. Dirk. Um, is going to help this team, and we love Dirk. But Dirk's not going to fix the defense. <laughs> Breaking news, guys. Neither like, is Devin. <clears throat> yeah, and I know a lot of people are saying, hey, we can't wait for Dirk to get back. And I know like Dirk's presence um, will definitely help the team and like energize the team, energize the crowd and all that stuff. But I will say this, it's not like Dirk's has like, been off vacationing this whole time. He's been at every game. He's warming up before games. Even these away trips, he's on them. He's sitting there he, on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, he's with the team and like everything, so it's not like he's like not around the team. But my my dad actually brought this up to me tonight on the phone. He goes, "Man, I just I feel bad for Dirk right now." And I said, "I haven't really thought about like how Dirk feels right now, but I will say this, guys, it could be worse because this could be happening. I thought this was the lowest lowest of moments, but this could be happening with Dirk on the floor and like what if like he was just getting like roasted and stuff right now?" And at least in this like scenario, he's not on the floor, so it's like he's getting protected. <laughs> um, but that would be the only way this could be worse, in my opinion, is if Dirk was out there just getting killed, and you're just like, "Oh no, this is like our our king that is like uh, being dethroned right now." But who's a better defender right now, Dirk or Luca? Dirk or Dennis? Um, <laughs> or Dennis? Stop now, Luke. And yeah, you know, Luca's a better defender for sure, but. Um, for it's sure. not a defense for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I well, we're okay. Let's talk about the game. Keep on going. Let's get in the game. So they go down ten early. They just start super slow. Mavericks just don't have it. Um, yeah. <laughs> what what other what are the thoughts from in the arena? What, what was the what was the fan kind of reaction to the slow start? I mean, the fans. What the thing about it is the fans are. And this okay, this plays into such a bigger picture of like why the fan base like Mavs Twitter tonight was unreal. Like like that that the whole atmosphere from Mavs Twitter, the fan base inside the arena of like the fans are so excited. And this was a, a conversation I had with with somebody after the game, um, that's pretty close to the team, and of just like how this year is different. This year is different than the past two years because the expectations are there. Like we knew last year, even like even the most optimist person last year knew that we probably wasn't going to be a playoff team, and like that, not maybe like tank bad, but like a, a you know a losing season was coming. All this stuff for the past two years, like people were been at least. Um, somewhat realistic about that but this year was supposed to be different and like they sold the fan base on this hey like we're pushing for the playoffs that make the Luka trade they give up the first round pick basically and say you know we're done we're done with this tank and we're done with this little mini rebuild we're pushing for the playoffs not a title contender but we're pushing for the playoffs and this expectation started to build among the fans. It started to build among MFFLs that this is going to be a different ride this year with this new Luka Doncic, this European kid, and all this stuff. 
And the organization headed that up. It wasn't just media. It wasn't just fans saying, we got the number one guy in Luka. It was like they were not shy about from media, you know, from, you know, Cuban and everybody from media down, all this stuff like, hey, playoffs, we're shooting for the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. So it built this expectation in fans. Like, this is what we're supposed yeah. to be this year. And we, so, we, it, <laughs> we are responsible for that too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And because, like, that, we, I mean, that's what it was. Like we put like the pieces looked like they fit and like different stuff. We knew there were gonna be growing pains of Luke and Dennis and but the expectations are there and that's where fans come into play and fans want to be so engaged. Like in the fourth quarter tonight, I was almost kind of like smiling at the fans because like the fans, you know, it was hard for them to be in it tonight because it was so embarrassing. Like there, there are fans tweeting at me in the arena saying, Hey, I'm here, but yet I can't even be excited about it because this is just disgusting. It's so hard to like watch this game. And, but there was one moment and it was under five minutes to go in the fourth quarter and they make a play or something and they cut it to 13 and the fans are just going and they just like, go nuts for like 30 seconds like and they're super hyped and all this stuff i'm like look the fans were just begging for something to be super excited about they're begging for a luca highlight or a big dunk or something like that and i'm like dang like they're this hyped over at one play that happened it cut at the 13 and that's how kind of the night where i mean literally i joked about it but i was halfway serious too that the biggest time the fans got super excited was when they dropped chick-fil-a gift cards from the, <laughs> I, I would the ceiling i would too to be it, honest it was Wingstop last year i think and yes, this year it's yeah. chick-fil-a with those little parachutes on it it's chick-fil-a yes God. yes I they left, have the i left way too soon they have chick-fil-a cows on the uh on the court like dancing and stuff during it and i'm like they dude they're the like mob yeah they're like mobs when the, the parachute gets close to the like where the section i mean the people are just like swarming it looks like uh world war z or something just like zombies going up oh my for gosh it. i forgot about that movie and brad Pitt and all the zombies it. are like make a tower and climb up the huge wall yeah i, I love forgot that about movie. that movie um, do you think that, do you think Mavs players are freezing out Luca on purpose? No, 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 no. You just think that they're not thinking about him or they're not emphasizing him? Cause he, I honestly just because think here, it's a here's things that are true. Luca doesn't get the ball for stretches of time. <laughs> there are times when players have looked at Luca and not passed him the ball. Those things are true. Those are facts. But the idea, and this has been spread all throughout Twitter. I talked to Kirk about it a little bit. The idea that Mavs players are looking off Luka or freezing out Luka or not passing in the ball on purpose is not a fact. It's an opinion <laughs> with those yeah. with those facts. What, what's your opinion on this? No, I, I, I don't believe that. I don't think the players are freezing him out um, or anything like that. Here's the, here, here's the problem. I think they're trying to run a system like Golden State is that they just don't have the personnel of Golden State. Like even Rick going to that pregame comment that I said uh, that he made pregame is saying, "Hey, uh, you know that when he deflected the Dennis Fitnan, uh, we've created the system to where we have four ball handlers and we can space the floor and go and do all this stuff." And it's that mindset of, "Well, we have four players on the floor that can create and run this plays to where it's almost like, "Hey, any of these four guys can do go and pretty much do anything." Like. There, if you think about it, Dennis, Luca, Wes, and Harrison, is there anything that they limit 
between any of those four? Is there anything they ask of any of those four that's different than the other three? Well, no, because it's like it's like they view it like Golden State of saying, "Hey, we got Clay, Steph, and KD. We can just run, pass, and run around. Let them. They can pretty much all do the same thing at a really high level." So it, we're not gonna like ISO it out for this this guy and this guy. Except we're not Golden State. Yeah. Like we we should be more of a Cavaliers LeBron type of system. <laughs> There's a reason why why Cleveland didn't run this same type of system with JR and all this stuff because they recognize this is our best player. <laughs> Golden State says we have three or four all-stars so we can run the system of, hey, you, it's your turn. You take it. Okay, well, if you want to drive, you can drive because you're elite at this and shoot and shoot and shoot. No. <laughs> it's, we are nine games into the season, and Luka Doncic is the best player on the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. He's coming like, around, ladies and gentlemen. He he! I've come around. <laughs> you said it was DeAndre. Well, I've been. I was definitely wrong about that. But no. But like, it's. I thought it would be Harrison for this whole year, and that Luca would be right there behind Harrison. But Harrison Harrison is struggling with fitting into this new system, and it's 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 difficult for him right now because he's a hey I you know catch the ball I'm gonna go create but. It, I don't think players are freezing him out. I think it's more of the system of, hey, pretty much if you get the ball, you can go do it. Like He's giving the free reins to those other four guys. I think the only defined role on the team is the five man. Yeah. It's like, this is your job. This is your role. The other four guys, you pretty much have the same responsibilities. Y'all can do whatever you want because it's going to be so free-flowing and interchangeable. Interchangeable is the word I was, I'm looking for. I think they, they believe... Yes, I think they believe one through four is positionless, and they all have the same like roles, responsibilities, and like ability to go do like do what everybody else is doing. And it's really not that way. It should be there's a there's a way to make it free flowing and like interchangeable, but still focus on your best player in Luka Doncic. Completely agree. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, let's get into a little bit more of the game, and then talk about what happened after the game. All right, so it was it was widely spread on Twitter by Kirk Serious Face, Worldwide Wob, all the personalities, uh, myself. <laughs> um, DeAndre Jordan stealing the rebound away from Luca, big deal or not big deal? Um, I mean it's kind of okay. It's kind of it, you joked about it. and It's funny because that's what it, uh, it is. It's the Russell Westbrook thing. Two things. Is DeAndre Jordan chasing the stat of getting the rebound? Absolutely. Yeah. Why else would he do it? <laughs> yes. Is it? Um, is it like a sign of him showing disrespect to Luca? I don't believe so. He would have done that with just, anybody there. Yes. I don't. He would have done that if Wes Matthews was there. Yes. He would have done he, that if Dirk Nowitzki was there. Yeah, he should, and that's just he's been doing it this season. Like if you look back at something he's been doing, when a player yeah. is there and going up for boy, it's not it's not a Luca thing. Luca, so like, has, I've seen, I just I just remember this. Luca has commented about this before. I saw a video with I saw a video with Luca, and I'm going to try to find it. But Luca noted this before that he doesn't let me get the rebound. Yes, yes, I remember that, and he, he like joked about it. But like that's the. Um, DeAndre wants those rebounds. He wants those stats on that. And I don't you can you take 
take that for whatever you feel about that. Some people didn't have an issue with Russell Westbrook chasing those stats that year. And uh, you might not have an issue with DeAndre chasing those stats. The the one thing is I just I don't think it was a Luca directed thing, and I've seen people try to create that on Twitter of saying, "Oh, he just disrespects Luca and he doesn't like Luca and all of a sudden, no, it's not. I don't. Believe if it's, it's that the, if it's the narrative of them freezing him out, you know, it fits that whole narrative of they're yeah, freezing him out and all this stuff, and and eventually, if this you know stuff like this keeps happening, we'll have to call it well where there's smoke, there's fire. But right now, I don't I don't think that that's the case. I do not think it's freezing out at all. I think it's I think the system and I think the coaching is more to blame than players freezing out. I think it's literally their roles of saying you guys can you're so so interchangeable. It it's not a yeah, I think it's a system more than vets freezing them out. Dennis with Jr. was very bad in this game. <laughs> um he had 23 points. He was 8 of 14 from the field. He was 2 of 4 from 3. Um, he shot 10 free throws, which is amazing. Yeah. He only hit 5 of his free throws. He airballed one of his free throws, which is not a, not a good sign. Yeah, like you said, unbelievable. He had 6 turnovers, 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, 4 fouls. He was minus 3 for the game. Okay. Dennis has a lot going on right now in his head. And for people, uh, we have been ridiculed, Nick and I, for being honest about Dennis on this podcast, about how much he's struggling and all this stuff. And people have came at us about this because people are there's some big Dennis fans, uh, stands out there. Yeah, more um, than a fan. <laughs> and, and listen, like Dennis is in a funk right now. And Dennis is not... Yeah, we Nick and I specifically have watched his. uh, We have texted back and forth these past two days, rewatching the Lakers, watching tonight, watching his body language, watching him when he gets benched. Like Rick is, I will say this: Rick is throwing all kinds of lineups out right now. Uh, like tonight, I mean, he was making so many different changes and like, I mean, he, at one point he took like Dennis out and then literally a minute later he put Dennis back in and benched Wes instead. And like he was trying to, man, he's so, yes, something, so many different combinations of what could work. And, but there were times that like, it was very obvious that he brought the starters in and then he benched Dennis for JJ Barea. And there, there was a moment tonight, and I don't know, I didn't jot it down, but he benched JJ, and he benched Dennis for JJ, and JJ came in, ramped the starters and stuff. They call, and he went over and just plopped down on the bench and was sitting there. They call a timeout, and you know how when the timeout's called, all the team gets up and goes kind of like on the court and they're high five them. Yes, you know. Dennis was the only player, only person that stayed on the bench, and like, and then like when timeouts are called. Um, the the players that are in the game come over and sit on the bench and the other players like kind of uh, half circle around them and then Rick pulls up a little stool and sits down and talks to them while they're sitting on the bench. Well, like JJ and them were coming out of the game, walking over to the bench and reaching over and high-fiving Dennis who were still sitting on the bench. And obviously, this is me just observing. There could have been a reason why he's sitting on the bench. I'm not, obviously, I'm not, I'm just telling you what I saw. It's that... He's definitely frustrated right now. He left. He didn't talk to the media the other day. I don't. I don't remember the last time he's talked to the media. Do you? I, Man, I don't. The last time we heard from him, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been feels like before the season. 
that I've, well, I've seen an interview or heard, you know. No, I mean, I, he talked to some uh, some media, one of the home games a while back. But, I mean, it's been at least probably three games since he's talked to the media yeah. tonight. Well, we'll talk about what happened after the game tonight. But, like, he he's just – he's in a different world right now. And if you don't think that he is not all there right now as far as, like, his game and he's not frustrated and all this different stuff, then I don't know what game you're watching because – from body language to how he's playing on the court to just everything with that. He, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying it's all him. I'm not saying it's all him. I think this, I think there, there's a system. I think it's at this point, it's everyone at this point. Like there is a, a huge cloud over the Mavericks right now because there's really nobody on the same page. And it's a, okay. I'll just say this. We like to take our jabs at Washington for being so dysfunctional, weird team right now. We're not that far behind. I literally just so before the game when when the Wizards, which by the way the Wizards just got clobbered by OKC tonight, 134 to 111. It wasn't even that close. And um, yeah, the the Thunder's biggest lead was 33. And I tweeted, man, imagine covering the Wizards right now. You know, like as a joke, like you know, imagine being around that dysfunctional. I literally, as you were talking before that, I quote tweeted it and said, man, imagine covering the Mavericks right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the dysfunction is it. There is dysfunction. We can we can put you it can, there. I don't. I don't. Oh, I don't think that it's as far as like fighting or you know infighting or calling guys out publicly. Like it's not that. It's not to that level of the Wizards. But there is there is some frustration, and maybe it's because they set their expectations too high. They you know got a whole bunch of smoke blown up. You know, lots of places this summer with talking about oh they can be a playoff team, they can be a sneaky you know team. Blah blah blah. Add these, make these acquisitions, and Cuban super excited. We're not tanking. We're you know we're going for the playoffs. And and then you come in, and you're like oh dang, we actually have to put the work in. You know, do the little things to be able to make that happen. And you forget that, and uh, and you can't just rely on your talent night to night because they don't have enough. This team does not have enough talent to beat out teams that try hard like the Knicks tonight. Yeah, and it's it's such a weird spot that they're in now because if y'all remember, if you've been listening to the pod for a long time, there was a conversation Nick and I had before the season started, and we brought up the idea of how how they determine the season is going to be very much uh, sooner than later compared to like the last few years yep. because of this Luka trade. And we threw out the idea of saying, what if they they start off really bad? How will they react? How will they it will they view it because with it with the pick with their 2019 pick being top five protected you have to if they're if they're going to say we're not going to be good this year then you have to be detrimental bad this year like worse than the past two years because you would have to guarantee yourself a top five worst record okay and that's that's going to be really hard to do especially the last like two or three months of the season and even if you get because, top five you're not guaranteed to have a top five pick. Exactly. So that's the like, there you would for them to tank this season, they would have to literally be in the top one to probably three worst records in the league, and that I just don't. At this point, I don't see that that's in their cards at all. So like that's why I'm not even buying the tanking stuff. So therefore, when we had that conversation before the season, we said one of two things: are they like are they going to like try to? You would have to mail it in and tank and figure out the tanking thing really quick. Or you make a super drastic change to improve your team um, fairly quick, and that's where I'm leaning more towards the moment because that it's just 
the whole team is a, there is a they're just not there. So okay, so at the game ends and we go to the press conference. It's obviously you know Rick's talking. We talks to the media and Rick says Rick says straight out. He raises his hand at the podium and says, "I take responsibility for this. It starts with me." And that's good. Like that's that's good. He he said that and he kept He's on right. mentioning. <laughs> he kept on sort mentioning. Um, he kept on mentioning the defense, and he said, "You know, we gave up fifty-five percent shooting again tonight, thirty-seven points in the first quarter. Like our defense is just nowhere near." He brought up the word pride. He said, "There's a pride that you have to have when you play this game, and it just wasn't there tonight, especially in that second half." Um, and then uh, I think Tim Cato. I think Tim Cato was the one that asked about uh, <clears throat> Luca's role on the offense. And he yes. he answered it in a way, and it was like, I'm not worried about the offense right now, or I'm not worried about offensive touches, or uh, Tim might have tweeted it out. He, I think he did tweet it out. Um, if you, let me see. If I I just, can, uh, keep talking. Let me see if I can find it. So, but anyway, yeah, he he just and he answered it in a way. The first reaction to it was was off, but it was like he was more pointing towards I'm more worried about defense. This is from at Tim underscore Cato. Rick Carlisle on whether Luca's role in the offense could or should be increased. Questions about offense are really insignificant to me. And then Cato responds with for you know full answer for proper context. Really, I'm so much more focused on defense and the off than questions about offense. To me, are in uh, that questions about offense to me are insignificant. We gave up fifty percent, fifty five percent shooting again. It's become too commonplace. That's not going to get it, and I know we can do better. Yes, I mean he was pretty much saying he's more focused on defense than offense, but um, they. This sounds like a very cliche and say, okay, this is obvious. They got to change something. It's just you're nine games in. We've talked about the impact of the West. Uh, I will say this: don't don't you dare try to put this on Luka Doncic. <laughs> like don't don't like. I've seen some people uh, like oh Luka like tried to reflect this on Luka now. I will say this: Luca does get blown past a lot on defense. Like he is, he he is not there defensively. Like he can definitely get better defensively. But the like the kid had he, the nineteen had eighteen points tonight, nine boards and six assists. And I know he is a minus ten, but like it's like we we we've already talked about the how they should run the system and run like get the ball in Luca's hands like you even saw a few a little spurt of that in the fourth when he hit two threes and then he got into the paint like that's just where you're at as a team with this personnel and this is kind of I'll try to wrap up my thoughts but <laughs> I had a I had a, a a conversation with you know somebody whatever that's plugged in different stuff and we were talking about um, just where the team's at right now, and just how frustrating it is, how frustrated they are. Uh, they, like, guys, when you leave, when you after a game, the media talks to Rick Carlisle, and then uh, right after Carlisle talks, we go to the locker room and they open up the locker room. And players, um, some players take a long time in the showers, and you just kind of like wait around. Players are coming in and out of the shower. Some players are getting dressed at their locker room or at their locker and different stuff, and the media is just waiting around. It's a free for all. We walk in. There was two people. First off, Ryan Brokoff walked through with his food, mm-hmm. and like, and he, he like changed and stuff. Salah had his clothes on, and he le- he left. Two players that didn't play. Okay. 
DeAndre and Dorian Finney-Smith come in and out of the shower and get like start changing all this stuff, and Wes comes out. Not a single other person. Everybody left. We're talking about Dennis. We're talking about Harrison. We're talking about Luca. We're talking about... And I asked somebody about it, and like, yeah, this was a, a, a very quick um, get-your-stuff-and-leave night. <laughs> and it was... <sighs> Saying the team is frustrated right now is the biggest understatement that it is. But when when we're different people were talking, I had this other conversation. And we're saying at some point you have to say, "Is this just who we are?" Instead of, "It's gonna take time." When's that point? And if if in in my opinion they've reached that point of this is where this is the point of. Is this is who we are? Is this is who these players are? This is just how we fit. And if that's the case, then something drastic has to happen. Something they have three days in between now and Tuesday's game with Washington. They have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. They're taking tomorrow off, which whenever you listen to this pod, they're taking Saturday off. They're not practicing, and then they're practicing on Sunday and Monday, and then they you know they have shoot around on Tuesday morning. Something's got to change. I don't know what that looks like. Are you looking at trades? Are you looking at changes in the starting lineup? Um, I'm sure maybe Nick, maybe Nick and I can do a pod and like what could they change in between now and Tuesday? Yeah, I feel like that's the Monday pod. Yeah, and like what what's the next step? And because when you just look down the line and look at the starting unit and just say like, man, there's just there's something there's something going on. Like even DeAndre Jordan, like in stats and stuff, we talked about in chasing stats. Like there's something to be said. Like we we want to sit there and say, look at the guys that Wes has guarded. Let's look at JaVel McGee, Mitchell Robinson, and these other bigs that he's going against that are having like good games against him. And like his stats are like good when you look at rebounds and like, oh okay, he has 19 boards and stuff. Oh no, he can but, pass the ball. He has assists too. But but his defense almost counters that. And there's just there's something going on with that. And it's it's um uh, yeah it. The Mavericks are in a, in a turning point now. I think it's. I think the turning points now. This was one of the worst losses that I've seen in three years uh, in that building at the team in general. And something's got to give. A change has to happen. And um, yeah, it's. They're just in a in a very weird um, spot right now. Completely agree in a weird spot. We'll talk about it a lot more. Again, if you didn't listen to the other podcast we dropped with Kirk Henderson, go ahead and go listen to that one. It'll get better, guys. I think this team will win more games. The uh, The Wizards game will be very telling. Hey, guys. Uh, the matchup of dysfunction. <laughs> uh, what? Which team is... Uh, you hope... like you. They should look at the Wizards and say, let's hope we don't reach that point. Of where like our players are literally taking public shots at each other. I, I see a tweet tonight to where Bradley Beal grabbed a clipboard from Scotty Brooks in a huddle or something. Yeah, there has to and, be something behind that story. I, yeah, I'm like, oh, what? Uh, that uh, hopefully it doesn't reach that point. But uh, no, I'll just say this: there is nothing. Rick's not going anywhere right now, so don't say anything about that. Like, people well, don't go to the Mavs way. Nation Facebook group if you want to not hear about <laughs> yeah, firing Rick. But in, pretty much anything outside of that. And outside of Luca and Dirk, um, nothing would surprise me at this point. There you go. You heard it here first. I got <laughs> there, ain't, there ain't nothing you heard first. <laughs> there ain't nothing new. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Oh.